Oh, here's a story we know. Once upon a time, a boy called Peter lived with his grandfather in a small wooden cottage at the edge of a dark forest. In front of the cottage was a beautiful green meadow. Peter liked to play in the garden around the cottage, but he longed to go into the meadow. Grandfather would say to him, stay near the house, Peter, never, never go into the meadow. For a long time, Peter remembered his grandfather's words. However, one day, a little bird flew down to the tree by the garden. Come out into the meadow, she chirped. All is quiet, all is quiet. The opening of Peter and the Wolf in a version told by Annette Smith. What if, what if we were sitting outside somewhere and someone was telling us this tale? Not only could we imagine a beautiful green meadow in our mind's eye, but we might just be sitting on a blanket in a beautiful field, the air filled with the fresh scent of the newly mown grass, perhaps, when the bird flies down and chirps to Peter. What if we're surrounded by the singing and chattering of birds all around us? Not only that, but what if we hear a flute introducing us to another level of the singing of birds. Suddenly, the mingling of all our senses in this special way brings the story to life in an unforgettable way. That might just happen when the story of Peter and the wolf is told in a multi-dimensional way, out of doors, when Ballet Theatre of Scranton partners with the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic to present the ballet Peter and the Wolf at Covington Park in Scranton, made possible through the support of a grant from the Lackawanna County Arts and Cultural Department on June 11th. Billy Ye writes, as our lives become overcrowded with digital distractions and our cities become ever more densely congested with buildings, vehicles, and people, our parks and open spaces become needed ways to breathe a relief from the stress of urban living. Art in public places can lift us from the mundane into the realm of imagination. Art can remind us what is important to our existence through playfulness or poetry. Art can surprise us by its honesty or inspire us by its daring. Art can help us envision what is possible. It can prod us to dream and act. The most empowering public art comes from the envisioning of the community itself. When the process of creating public art engages people in a sensitive and genuine manner, it can be profoundly transformative. In our fragmented and deeply wounded society, the healing capacity of inclusive, respectful, and community-based art cannot be overemphasized. Making art in public places is like making a great community hearth. It brings people, family, friends, and strangers together to enjoy, connect, and celebrate. Words of Lily Ye, founder of the Village of Arts and Humanities in Philadelphia. Maureen McGuigan is the deputy director of the Lackawanna County Department of Arts and Culture, and she has an understanding of the power of the arts in our communities, very much like what we've just heard and her department is dedicated to making possible the widest variety of arts events throughout the year to create opportunities to bring people, family, strangers 
children all together to enjoy, connect, and celebrate. We had a chance to speak by phone with Maureen McGuigan about late spring in Lackawanna County and what she's been observing about the community of artists and arts groups in our region, the state, and across the country. I definitely have seen a lot of momentum since that last time we talked, which was before we had our winter market where, you know, I think still things were very cautious and kind of, if not up in the air, (laughs) maybe a little bit off the ground (laughs) hovering. But now I think we're seeing a lot of things. I hesitate to use the phrase back to normal because I don't want to be naive and I don't think we're quite there yet as we're in a, but I call it a transition time. And life has definitely returned to a pretty positive new normal, I think. Most events that were canceled last year that we fund are all happening or have happened, so that's a good sign. People are still being cautious, but a lot of the mask restrictions are lifted even here. Um, My office is at the Electric City Trolley Museum, which is on federal park land, so people can now come in without their mask. They're encouraged, of course. So I think that arts groups and cultural groups are adapting and, you know, certainly encouraging wearing masks, but not, it's not mandatory. So I think you're seeing a little bit of more freedom. Yeah, like I said, things are returning. The crowds are out. I think people are hungry for that sense of connection again. So I think you're seeing increased turnout in some cases. And you're also connected on a state level, and you are aware and often attend conferences, whether they're Zoom or not, on a national level. What are people saying? What's new? There's a couple things. So one, I think hybrid events are here to stay, which which is a positive, especially for things like conferences or, you know, events that can be live streamed. And I think that's actually maybe one of the positive things that, that have come out for accessibility and allowing people, if they can't get to things in person, still having the experience. So I'm definitely, we're definitely seeing, you know, across the country, a a lot of those options still there. And also funding is still an issue. You don't just bounce right back from losing your ability to fundraise, like a lot of that had gone down or not getting tickets from events for performances or art sales, things like First Friday weren't around. So I think people are still trying to be creative with looking at some of the COVID funding that's still out there, the ARPA funds. There's a lot of dialogues about how people can talk to their local officials about, you know, finding ways to use that money to support arts and cultural groups, doing things in the community and helping. You know, there's there's a lot of specific guidelines, but a, a lot of the arts and culture initiatives fit that. So I think you're seeing that. How do we continue to recover? How do we keep some of those adaptations we made? And how do we just get back to doing things semi-normally? And you, in the midst of it all, have continued to act as a catalyst and to make things possible, whether they're hybrid or not. But you have that determination and the belief that it's critical for communities, locked down or not, to engage in creative activities and in partnerships as well. Yeah, I feel like one of the things that I I have heard just from talking to people who may not even be directly in the arts, that COVID in a lot of ways opened people's eyes to the power of arts to heal. So I also think that that's another dialogue that's happening, that there's a real shift. We've always known that arts helps mental health, but now I think you're seeing it in conversations that maybe it wasn't taking place before, how important it is in education, in our healthcare industries, in just for the general community to have something to help you heal and bring back wellness. I I think that's something even us that work in the arts realized more, the connection that hopefully will stay, that awareness and the need to actually invest in the arts because of that. 
not just the economic aspects of community development. Which is important, and certainly that's a dialogue you hear a lot because it tends to to cross partisan lines, and of course all communities want to be economic healthy, but I think that wellness also is tied to that, so I think a lot more people are seeing that. How do we help communities, especially now as, as we're trying to recover from this? And so what is your calendar year for your office? Is it a January 1st to December 31st? Is there a fiscal year difference when you're... Yes. No, we hit the ground running January 1st, so we go all the way. We do follow a calendar year. So I would say in January it was still a little iffy, but again, it seems we've gotten the green light for both ourselves and our grantees that we fund. So it it is back to a, a full calendar so far. I mean, obviously, we still need to be able to adapt as things sometimes change, but... Uh, right now, we do. Our, our grants are all being implemented, those groups, and then we have our own programs planned out for pretty much the year. We may add things as we come, but we have a couple new things started. And that's why I wanted to talk to you, just to, to let people know. First Fridays have always been big in Scranton, so they're coming back. I mean, they, they were held even during the pandemic, but with limited activities. But now, First Friday for May 6th, we're kicking off. We're going to sponsor a small market on Courthouse Square with our creative entrepreneurs and vendors selling things and also having music. So that'll go May, June, July, August. And so I'm looking forward to that. And this year we've added, again, you know, for that idea of healing and helping community, we've added a Mother's Day pots and plants sale on that Saturday, May 7th from 11 to 1 on Courthouse Square. And it's a partnership. You you mentioned partnerships being so important with Artworks Gallery and Studio which focuses on offering opportunities for artists with intellectual disabilities. So they are making these original, creative, unique pots of all different shapes and sizes. And it's a fundraiser for maternal family and health services, which provides nutrition and health care access for mothers, children, and families in 17 counties. So we thought that was a nice partnership. But in addition to the sale, they'll be free. We always like to make things free, too. So we'll have Make Your Own Mother's Day card and a few activities. And if it does rain, it's going to move to the Electric City Trolley Museum because weather is always a challenge. But we're just telling people to check our Facebook page. But we also have music. So I think it'll be a nice way to celebrate mothers and also bring some arts back into the community. Again, people might be willing to come out because it's out of doors, and so they feel a little bit... Yeah, I I think, and I maybe was trying to allude to this earlier, that we do still have to be safe, and I think the more outdoor things we can do, and I think you're right, although people are coming out in bigger crowds, I think there is still caution, there should be, so the things I'm going to talk about today, the county, they are all outside, so I think we are still trying to do that, and especially for events that, you know, draw a bigger crowd. You want to make sure there's enough room that people can safely space out. You talk about being outdoors. What about a park? Yes, this is another partnership that came out of the pandemic that was very successful, even beyond what we thought. So the county has four beautiful parks, and they're they're not hard to find, but they can be a little tucked away. So we're always trying to do initiatives so people can get out and see them because once they get there, they're like, this is beautiful and you can have picnics and, you know, hike and do different activities. So we used to have a program where we do in-person art activities, but we had to be careful with that. So instead, we worked with Ballet Theater of Scranton last year to do their spring performance in Covington Park, which is in Covington Township in the North Pocono area of Lackawanna County. And we had 500 people come out on a, and it was a rainy, kind of rainy, cold day. So that just showed us that people, you know, were open to this and really wanted to participate. 
the Philharmonic plays with them. So it's, it's a really incredibly professional cultural experience, but it's in a very accessible, relaxing environment. It's just beautiful up there. So this year, their spring ballet is Peter and the Wolf with some excerpts from a comedic ballet, La Fia Malgarde, and a dances from Napoli. So it'll be a potpourri of things that people can bring their chair and sit on the grass and, and enjoy for free. That's June 11th at 2 p.m. So we're really excited about that. And live music, how wonderful to have an experience of live performers. Classical music, yeah. I think sometimes we think we have to go inside a theater to, to see that, but I feel like having the, the Philharmonic there is really extra special. We love the Philharmonic, and we love all of our arts groups, and so it's great to see when we, we partner and we can bring multidisciplinary experiences to our audience in, in the county and beyond. We love when people come and visit us. There was one that's not run by the Arts and Culture Department, but it is very arts-focused, and I mentioned some of the COVID-19 federal funding that comes to communities. So our Lackawanna County Economic Development and Planning Office had a program to fund musicians who had lost their revenue, especially during that first year. And they are having a music fest now called Lackawanna Give Back on the Mountain at Montage Mountain that will be free where those musicians who received funding are going to play and there'll be 70 vendors and that should be a nice day in celebration of arts. It's 12 to 8 on May 14th. It's very arts focused and it was a it was a nice program to help people through that the performers through that difficult time. Nancy Sanderson, executive director of the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic, was here just recently to get the word out about this Saturday night's all Tchaikovsky concert in Scranton and mentioned that that the Philharmonic brass players would be out on the 4th of July time to welcome the holiday and the fireworks. Is that Yes, it? I was going to briefly mention that. Yeah, we'll probably come back for that, but that's, an, that's one of our biggest events. So we're looking at July 3rd again with the brass ensemble. So that should be really fun and fireworks and the festival around the square. So yeah, that's definitely going to happen. We're just working out the details now. But yeah, we're so happy that we can do that event again. It was really growing and becoming a really important community event, so we haven't been able to hold it for two years. But again, like I said, we're being cautious, but so far everything looks good, so we'll just bring it back as it was back in 2019. And then I just encourage people to check out our Facebook page, Lackawanna Arts and Culture, because we fund a lot of uh, people, too, who are doing things like Scranton Shakespeare will be back. There's a Women's Arts Thrive Festival in Carbondale in June. So I just think there's a lot going on, even if we're not directly programming it. We've helped support it, and I just like to encourage people there's so much to do. In Lackawanna County and beyond, you know, I, I encourage people to go throughout Northeastern PA. This is especially important to support this year because we are kind of, again, I want to be careful of my language, but we're close to being back in full force. It might be slightly different way we approach things, but this is a good year to really come out and support our arts groups. Maureen McGuigan. Deputy Director of the Lackawanna County Department of Arts and Culture, speaking with us about arts events on the horizon in the region. First Friday is roaring back, and that's tomorrow in downtown Scranton. We heard about the June 11th partnership featuring the Ballet Theater of Scranton dancers under Joanne Arduino and the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic under Melisse Brunet. They will be performing the ballet Peter and the Wolf, and it will be outdoors in Covington Park. 
in Scranton, and the time is 2 o'clock on June 11th, and you're invited to take along a blanket or a folding chair and enjoy being out of doors and entertained in that way. You're welcome to check the Facebook page, and that's Lackawanna Arts and Culture on Facebook. And that's the most up-to-date place to find the information Maureen just told us about. And don't forget the Lackawanna County Arts and Cultural Department sponsoring a Mother's Day Pots and Plants sale this Saturday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the 200 block of North Washington Avenue on Courthouse Square. The organization is dedicated to the lives of women and children, and that is the Maternal Family and Health, and the proceeds will benefit Maternal Family and Health. The project is a partnership with Artworks Gallery and Studio, a fully licensed day program for individuals with intellectual disabilities and autism. Artists from the studios created unique, one-of-a-kind pottery in a range of sizes. And for more information, there will be free art activities, music, a sound bowl meditation on hand. And in case of severe weather, the event will move to the Electric City Trolley Museum. And that is Saturday, May 7th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Courthouse Square. Before we leave first Friday, we've received word from the Ritz Theater that they will present music by the well-known acoustic guitarist Emily Chase, and that's tomorrow at 5 o'clock at the theater, 222 Wyoming Avenue in Scranton. Light refreshments will be provided, and and they hope that you will stay around for a free women-owned business marketplace also at 5 as part of First Friday at the Ritz, and then continue your evening with a show. The Ritz main stage players are presenting Little Women, the Broadway musical. Show dates the 5th of May, 6th, 7th, and 8th, and you can find all the information online. 